Welcome back to another episode of the Through the Banner podcast. My name is Catherine McLeod, and with me to discuss the AFL draft is Eli Duxon. Eli, how are you? And uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm excited to analyze this draft with you because there were a lot of fantastic, I don't know, you know, kind of like, well, there's good players every draft, but there are some phenomenal players in this draft. Could be like 2001 level with how well this draft uh, is going to turn out, I reckon. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Casper. And it's a crazy draft too because it's probably one of the most compromised drafts I think we're going to see for a long time. So Mm. um it's uh, going to be inter- interesting to see how these players sort of develop as the years go by and how many uh, busts or surprises we have because especially a lot of the Vic Metro players or the Victorian players, sorry, I don't think clubs would have had as good a look as, at them as they would have liked. Um, some players could have bolted up in the draft year and some players could have been sort of plateaued and uh, maybe some clubs might have thought, well, maybe they're not what we're after. So a uh, bit of guessing involved from the clubs, but they've been following these kids for a while. So, um, not nah, looking forward to talking about it, mate. Yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting. The it's always a fine a fine art picking picking new players, and you're right; they run the risk of either finding a gem or finding a lot of busts. You know, who knows? It always reminds me of, I know this is a footy draft and we'll get to the football in a second, I promise, dear listener, but always reminds me whenever the draft period comes around, the NFL 1998 draft, I believe, they top two picks in the draft, Peyton Manning, who went in, went on to win two Super Bowls and one of the best quarterbacks in history. And the second one was Ryan Leaf, who was out of the competition in three years. I don't know. Oh, you is, know. So. Could be could be could be a good pick, could be a bad pick. Let's analyze it all and we'll start off by going through club by club. We'll mention who they uh who they picked up and whether or not we thought they had a good draft period, a bad draft period, whether or not we think that they filled uh holes in their lists that they needed to fill, or whether or not they're still missing something. We'll start with the Adelaide Crows, who with the second pick picked Riley Silthorpe, pick 11, picked Luke Pedler, pick 25, Braden Cook, and pick 28, Sam Berry, pick 38, James Rowe. And in the preseason draft, they picked up Jackson Haightley, originally of GWS. How do you think the Crows went here, Eli? Well, look, after the last season, um, I think clubs would have been looking at Brisbane the way they went about it and to rebuild, you don't need to just get good plays. You need to rebuild the culture, and they've done that. And I think with what, four of their five picks here, they've picked from South Australia, and I think it's a wise move. You want players that want to be the club, want to stay at the club. And, I mean, they bid on Jamari Hugo Hagen, the consensus number one pick, and um, it was inevitably matched. But um, they've picked up Riley Thilthorpe with essentially the first pick of the draft. Um, I mean, I guess not, but um, he's an Adelaide supporter, and he's, I think, the Adelaide list manager actually rated him as the best prospect in the draft anyway. So um, he's a key forward. He can go through the rock, 201 centimetres, um, played a lot of senior footy this year and clean when it hits the deck and good in the air too. So um, it's going to be good, very good uh, seeing him progress. Um, but then the next two were sort of bolters for them. Luke Pedler from Glenelg and Braden Cook from South Adelaide. Um Pedler's just a genuine inside ball and Braden Cook played all under 18s this year 
Um, I think 26 goals from 13 games and um, really sort of came out of nowhere. Um, it was just a steep rate of development, which I think is what they'll probably look at as genuine upside too. And um, he mightn't have been the best player in this draft. And um, I mean, who, who's to say who is, but if he can be the best player from this draft in the next 10 years, then that's what they're going to be happy with. Can he be? Um, look, who knows? But they'll be looking at that development that he showed this year and they'll be seeing that as a genuine um, sort of point of difference perhaps between some of the uh, the other players that, uh, especially in Victoria, that didn't quite get a look at. Um, and speaking of Victoria, they went for Sam Berry next to was very similar to Luke Peddler, um, high effort player, probably lacks a little bit of speed, a little bit of composure, but um, genuine inside mid. And one player that I think was overlooked uh, immensely was James Rowe. Um, he got picked up at 38. Um, there's actually a really awesome story. Um, his old man works, I think, five A's in Adelaide. I think it's a radio station. Um, and he was talking about the draft night and uh, the disappointment not being picked up with the previous pick. And um, yeah, if you get a chance, check it out because this is uh, quite beautiful to listen to. But he was SNFL leading goal scorer in the seniors. Um, genuine small forward, absolute gun, part of uh, Woodville's premiership side. Um, so I think he's... Uh, very, very handy player to um, probably just slot right in. Um, he's got the size for it. You know he's ready. Um, and, yeah, oh, does he fill a hole? Uh, well, they need to kick goals. They need to score. Every team needs to. So I think he's one player that can do that immediately. Um, so I think they've drafted very well because, um, like I said, they just needed to rebuild the culture, get players who you want to stay at the club and stay at the club for a long time. Um, so I think that... I think they've done pretty well. Um, could they have made the the most of having such good picks up top in 11 and 25? Um, yeah, you could probably look at it right now and say they could have drafted players that had better reputations, um, but they've obviously rated these boys enough to pick them where they have. Um, and obviously they want them to stay at the club. So picking local is going to help that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's a good point you bring up about them picking uh, all local or primarily local. Uh, it's It's been a, a trend over the last few years to see a lot of really talented players uh, feeling quite homesick or, or wanting to go back to their home states. We saw Fantasia leaving Essendon to go back to South Australia, uh, Tom Papley flirt to come back to Victoria. So the fact that the Crows have primarily picked local talent, I think will help them avoid a situation like your Lions faced uh, a few years ago. I think it was 20, yeah, 2013, where you guys lost, I think, almost every single first round pick that you had the previous two or three seasons. Um, a couple of so, Australians in there too. Yeah. yeah. Um, which devastated your club for a few years, it has to be said. But definitely, I just want to p- point out one player in particular, and that is uh, the second pick, Riley Thilthorpe. Tall forward, ruck, 201 centimeters, 100 kilograms already. I think this is a fantastic pick for the Crows because, to be honest with you, outside of um, Riley uh, O'Brien, I think that they're tall stock, they're tall men. They have no one else for the future, really. Who, who can be that tall target up forward and can also pinch hit in the ruck a bit. And so I think that Phil Thorpe and O'Brien can form a uh, deadly partnership in the ruck 
um, and going forward this year. And so I think it's a fantastic pick for them. They needed someone tall and they got him and he's already 100 kilograms. You know, there's not a, a heck boy. of a lot of muscle that you need to add to someone like that. Um, you know, he'll he'll probably be ready and raring to go um, come round one. And so. on, that, on that point as well, Riley O'Brien's already their primary ruckman too. So um, he wouldn't have to carry much ruck load because O'Brien's proved that he's been very strong with players coming in and out like Himmelberg, um, not quite securing a spot. So um, he will be pushing for that. Um and even at West Adelaide too, in the senior footy he played, he did primarily play forward and uh, play ruck when needed. Um, I'll also like to point out their rookie drafts in uh, James Borlace and Tariq Newchurch, who were um, academy players in the from the Next Generation Academy. Um, James Borlace played a lot for Sturt this year and um, he sort of played quite a few senior games and he can play up either end of the ground. Um, so I think he's probably a bit of a steal to go in the rookie drafts. Um, I'm not saying he's a top 10 pick by any means, but um, I do. I did rate him when I watched him play because he's got good solid hands. He's got good skills. And like I said, he's versatile. Um, but Tariq Newchurch is one that um, I think is one to watch as well. Mm. He played out of uh, North Adelaide and he is a player that will put bums on seats for sure. Uh, mm. And I think they've been missing that, losing Eddie Betts and uh, the club in a bit of disarray. So if they can develop him within the next few years, um, because he's an explosive player, he, mm. he's not a small forward, but he plays small, but he can also play tall. Um, He's got good hands, good lead up option, um, but he could also develop into sort of midfield player, uh, a bit like Cam Rayner has over the last couple of seasons. So um, I do think they've done pretty well. And Jackson Haley too. I mean, he's played games for JWS. Um, Again, he's obviously a player that wanted to come to the club. So um, I think they've done pretty well in this draft. Um, Could they have done better or you could make a case, but um, you'll find out in the next couple of years, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and you could say that with with all these picks here, the next couple of years are going to be very interesting to watch indeed. Uh, Blake Coleman, the first pick for the Brisbane Lions at pick 24. Harry Sharp then at 43, 48. Henry Smith, rookies Grant Birchall, uh, relisted by the Lions. Carter Mitchell and Davidas Ewis. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that properly. What? How did you think your lines went, Eli? Uh, we didn't. Again, we didn't really have a top picked uh, topic in the draft, so um, Kyle would actually bid on Blake Coleman. I think we had twenty five, and we traded back a bit, um, but we ended up yeah using the pick on uh, Blake Coleman at twenty four anyway. So yeah, brother of Kadian, uh, very similar player. Um, there is talk that he is probably better at, at the same age. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can crack in next year. Um, I think Gideon's probably ahead of him at the moment. Um, but the next next couple of picks are probably more development players, and I think that's probably fair enough too because uh, we have got we don't really need someone to come in straight away and play a role. Um, I think we had good depth last year, and we showed that um, in the couple of games where we did have quite a few injuries, um, barring, of course, that Richmond game where we had a few debutants and we got absolutely pummeled. But... Um, yeah, Harry Sharp, he absolutely smashed the combine record for the 2K time trial. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a former steeplechaser, but he beat about 22 seconds, the previous record, which is unbelievable. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how much you play with the next couple of years because you'll actually be completing year 12 next year, which I think is remarkable. So um, yeah, Ballarat boy or Greater West and Victoria boy. So um, 
interesting to see how he sort of goes next year. So more of a development player to go sort of rotate through the wing, maybe. Um, I think he does see himself as a bit of an outside player um, who can try and impact the scoreboard. So um, I'll be very, very keen to see how Brisbane tries to work him into the system. Um, and Henry Smith as well um, adds to our sort of tall stocks. Probably something that I, I think we showed last year that we were probably missing, um, especially when Archie Smith went down, who I've been critical of him in the past, but um, I thought he was good when he played last year, but he went down with, I think it was a, an ankle injury um, or a foot injury. And and then Steph Martin had a bit as well. Um, Oscar McInerney he couldn't quite do it all. Um, I liked Tom Fulton when he was in. Um, I think he's one that Brisbane will look to keep developing. But yeah, Henry Smith, yeah, tall, 202 centimetres. I think he was the tallest player going around in the uh, under-18 level for us uh, in the SNFL. Um, yeah, out of Woodville. Um, yeah, it's got good hands, good at ground level. So I think that's where they're going to really sort of develop off. Um, and yeah, Grant Birchall, um, I think it's farcical that someone, or was he four-time premiership player, um, can get realistic as a rookie. Uh, I, I think those spots deserve to be for, for players coming through um, as development players. But um, but we used, our, we used our other two rookie drafts and development players. So yeah, Carter Michael out of the academy, which is good to keep getting those boys through and um, actually get kids up in Queensland keen to play footy because they, it, I think we're showing that there's genuine uh, pathway for it. Uh, like we have here in Victoria and South Australia and Western Australia and the major footballing states, um, there's really good solid pathway programs to, to filter right in. And I'm not, I don't know too much about the Irish fella, I'll be honest with you, but he committed to the club in February. Um, so I think that was already a known pick. Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't think we've got anyone barring Blake Coleman who will push to play next year. I even, I don't think he will be um, quite in contention unless we have a couple of injuries or mm. um, players out of form. Um so I think we've just added some good depth. Um, so I'm quite pleased with, I mean, not pleased. I would have liked to have top three picks and um, absolutely raring to go. But um, yeah, I think we've uh, drafted adequately. I disagree saying that uh, outside of Coleman, none of your other selections um, are going to, play or probably won't play next year. I, I think one player who will play for you guys next year is Henry Smith. Just because I'm looking at his um, stats here, he's a Ruckman, 204 centimetres, weight 96 centimetres. Whoops, that's a mistake from the AFL. Website, never mind, 96 kilograms. You guys traded Stefan Martin to the Western Bulldogs, uh, who I would argue is your best Ruckman, who is now gone. Now you have Oscar McInerney, you have Henry Smith, you have uh, Archie Smith. Archie Smith, thank you. If Tom Archie Walton. Smith can't get his body right, then you just have Henry Smith and you have Oscar McInerney. I reckon Henry Smith is going to be pumped out next year to play for you guys. To take the a- thing with him is he's very raw. Yeah. Um, and watching him play under 18 level, he didn't dominate the ruck, which is probably something that you'd hope for that he could do. Um, like I said, 96 kilos. Um, uh, I think even Hipwood might almost weigh as much as him. So um, that's the kind of frame you're looking at. He's very lean uh, for his size. Um, but yeah, I think oh, I disagree. I don't think Steph Martin was their best ruckman last season. I think he showed when he came in, even through injuries and he's getting older too. Um, 
I, I think Oscar McInerney was our best ruckman uh, last year by a mile. Um, I think Steph Martin wouldn't have been in our best 22 this year, to be honest with you. Um, if I was picking the side, he was frustrating at times, but he's been a great, great serviceman for our club during some very tough days. So um, I think Tom Fulton would be ahead of uh, Henry Smith for sure. If you, if Archie Smith went down because he did play against St Kilda last year, kicked a goal. Um, he might have played the game after too, but he, he was very, um, again, also very raw being a basketball convert. But um, I think Tom Fulton would definitely be ahead of Henry Smith to play next year. But um, look, if he came in and played and played a role, I'm all for it. Um, but I don't see it happening next year. Maybe within the next few years, once he put on a bit of size and works on his ruck craft, um, I'd be happy to have him play. On to the Blues, who selected with pick 37, Corey Durden, and with pick 41, Jack Carroll, while selecting in the rookie draft, Luke Parks from Glenelg. Not a lot of action there on the draft front for Carlton, but how do you think the Blues went, Eli? Yeah, so a lot of the early picks were gone, trading for Zach Williams and, and Adam Saad, but... Um, Corey Durden's a bit of a steal, I think. Um, and as is Jack Carroll, I think Jack Carroll's probably the biggest steal of the draft at 41 out of East Freo. Um, he's probably going to slot in as like a halfback wing type player, um, for them. He's yeah, contested ball, clean, agile. He's got great upside. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to be playing between the arcs, I think for him. Um, but Corey Durden out of central district, um, probably small forward type. Um, he actually won the under 16 division one MVP in 2018. Um, and so he showed he's got sort of midfield acumen in him. Um, so I think he is a good selection, but he was hampered by hamstring injuries at the back end of the year, um, sort of repeat injuries. So um, I'm hoping he'll be able to get through that because he could develop into a bit of a Dane Zorko type player. Um, not saying into Dane Zorko, um, Carlton would love that. Um, whether you love Sorko or hate him, um, quite a polarizing player, I think, but um, he does have that ability. So um, I think they've done pretty well here, but in the rookie draft, they've, uh, they picked up Luke Parks out of Glenelg, who was a player I only watched a couple of times, but um, genuine intercept marker, intercept marker and key defender. Um, 19 year old, came out of City Swans Academy, um, did, was overlooked last year, but, um, enjoyed a very good season playing. I think it was almost every game at senior level for uh, for Glenelg. Um, so I think he's probably, for Carlton's depth and defense, sort of key defenders, I think he's a very handy player because, um, yeah, you can, I'm not sure if he'd be ready next year to play, um, but I, I certainly think he'd be capable within the next couple of years and still only 19 years old. Um, I really rate Luke Parks. Um, so again, if you look at just look at the 37-41 and just the one rookie pick, you think, well, they haven't done too much at all here. But um, I think them getting Zach Williams and Adam Sard into the club will be uh, worth um, losing the the picks. And like I said, what was a compromised draft year? Um, if there's any time to trade your your first rounders um, and get good quality players into the club, um, this is probably the year. So. Um, I think they've done pretty well overall from the trade period to um, to get these good players in because they were competitive with a lot of clubs last year. Um, were they challenging for the eight? Probably not, realistically. Um, did they have a chance? Mathematically, yeah. Um, so I think next year they'll be really be pushing to uh, to try and push for the eight, if not at least 10. 
Um, so I think them getting in, uh, Williams and Sard into the club um, and then losing a few draft picks, they won't be too too fast about that. Yeah, pretty big off-season there for Carlton. Uh, the Adam Sard trade still hurts. But nevertheless, <laughs> I looking at Corey Durden, very interesting. Height, 173 centimetres, uh, position small forward slash midfielder. Exact same height as Eddie Betts, and I'm just wondering if Carlton took him as Eddie Betts' replacement when Eddie Betts does retire. Uh, if so, he's going to be learning from the best in the business at how to be a good small forward, how to be dangerous small forward. And I think it's a, it's a clever pick for the Blues because Eddie Betts, God love him, probably doesn't have a heck of a lot of time left in this league. You know, he's getting on in age. Um, and while it would be a sad day when he retires, I think it's, you know, I think Corey Durden could be a very exciting player. Will he be Eddie Betts' levels of exciting? Maybe, maybe not, but could be very, very interesting to point out, though, that uh, while Adelaide picked very local, the Blues went very not local, uh, picking Jack Carroll from East Fremantle all the way in WA and Corey Durden from Central Districts in the Sample. So you just got to hope that the Blues are able to keep these boys when it's time to uh, resign their contracts because uh, homesickness is a very powerful thing, very powerful thing, especially in um, football, as we've seen over the last few years. But nevertheless, good trade period and good draft for the Blues. Over to Collingwood, contentious trade period for Collingwood. Uh, I thought that no team was going to have as bad a trade period as Essendon, and then the Magpies came along and proved me wrong. So thank you, Collingwood, for that. However... Uh, a lot of people are really positive on the Magpies for their draft. They selected with pick 17, Fantastic. Oliver Henry, 19, Finlay McRae, 23, Reef McInnes, 30, Caleb Poulter, 31, Liam McMahon, 44, Bo McCreary. And with the rookie draft, they selected Jack Ginevan and Isaac Chug. Now, how well do you think uh, Collingwood went? You just said that they went fantastic. Why did they go fantastic? So they had Reef McInnes as the uh, the NGA uh, product, and there were talks that clubs could have been bidding on him sort of just around the uh, pick 10 mark. Um, so if that would have happened, they would have lost um, one of 17 or 19, but they're able to get two plays in the door before selecting Reef McInnes, who went unbidded, um, which I thought was remarkable. Um, so they got the brothers, brother Robs in uh, Oliver Henry and Finlay McRae, uh, Finlay McRae, sorry. Um, so yeah, Jack Henry's brother out of Geelong. Um, and obviously, uh, Jack McCray's brother, uh, from the doggies. So yeah, Oliver Henry is a bit of a utility. Um, he's went, played forward and back. Uh, he's at, at 187 centimeters. He's not going to be a key position player, but, um, he's shown to be capable of playing, playing a little bit taller than perhaps, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's probably about six, two. So, um, he's not exactly short, but, um, he does play quite tall. He, he can take a good mark. Um, he could be. Uh, a direct replacement for Jaden Stevenson, probably given a couple of years maybe because Stevenson played a small forward type role, but he was quite tall himself. So um, interesting to see what they do with him. And uh, yeah, McRae, they probably lacked a little bit of class heading forward this year and losing a player like Tom Phillips as well, who not an exceptional ball user, but um, I think Finley McRae could sort of slot into that sort of classy outside user like uh, his brother Jack is. Um Never heard of a contested ball, but um, 
but we'll happily rack up 40 on the outside. And if he can use it like his brother, um, I think Collingwood will uh, they'll definitely need that going inside 50 um, to feed their to feed their forwards. Um, yeah, Reef McKinnis, uh, big body sort of inside mid, and much like Caleb Poulter as well out of Woodville West Torrens. Um, I think they're both 192 centimetres. Um, but Caleb Poulter, he can swing forward, he can take marks. Um, I've seen him play a fair bit. Got a nice left boot on him. Got a wicked mullet too. Um, <laughs> absolutely extraordinary. So, um, yeah, I really rate him. Pick 30, probably just, um, I'd say. Um, Lee McMahon, um, probably long-term prospect. Um, and Brian McCreary, he's, uh, he's out of uh, South Adelaide as well. Uh, South Adelaide, I'm pretty sure. But, um, yeah, small forward. I think he's an overager at 19 years old. Pressure sort of player. Um could he make an impact straight away? I'm not sure. Um, but Isaac Chugg's an interesting one for the rookie draft out of uh, Launceston. Um, I watched him play a few games and I'm pretty sure he was an athletics uh, convert too, but he could play. Uh, represented Tasmania, uh, Tassie Devils, I'm pretty sure, in the uh, the NAB League. Um, but he played primarily sort of halfback. Um, and the few games I saw him in, he wasn't dashing by any means. So I think a rookie draft for him is also just, um, but he showed that because he's pretty stocky, pretty staunch. So I think there is a bit of upside for him into developing as another halfback type player, even like a small forward um, sort of shutdown player. Um, he sort of reminds me a little bit of Noah Answorth from Brisbane too. Um, not is in between that sort of um, us playing on a small forward to medium forward. Um, but can play both, I think. So, um, yeah, again, probably won't be one that would play for a couple of years, um, but he's already got a body that's just about ready to play um, on those types of players. So, yeah, I think they've done fantastically, Collingwood, uh, especially after the tumultuous dra- uh, trade period that was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I honestly think they've redeemed themselves. They probably won back a few fans who were probably a little bit sort of disgruntled and, uh, disoriented by yeah that trade period, um, which probably needs no further explanation, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, just looking at these stats here, you know, Finlay McRae, Oliver Henry, both, I would say, medium-sized, uh, oh, excuse yep. me, Finlay McRae, medium-sized midfielder, 186 centimetres, just a little bit taller than what Adam Trelaw was. He's only 78 kilograms, so I need to add a little bit of muscle to him. Um, but I remember, uh, Ned Guy, the list manager at Collingwood mentioning how they were going to try and target some, uh, Trelaw-like player in the draft. At least I think he said that. And for me, Finlay McRae looking at these stats could become, Collingwood was certainly hoping that he becomes the next, uh, Adam Trelaw. And if so, then Collingwood fans would definitely forgive their club for trading Trelaw away. I'm just looking at Reef McGuinness as well, tall midfielder. I think a certain superstar for Carlton has proved the fact that midfielders in the mid 190, mid one mid 190s uh, in terms of height, are very valuable assets. And Reef McGuinness is 193, and he's 86 kilograms already. So I don't think it's going to take a lot of developing at all. And he could absolutely prove to be a superstar in the competition. I'm just looking here uh, at Liam McMahon. Collingwood's forward line uh, hasn't really scared me since the 2018 season. I thought that 2019 and 2020 forward lines were pretty average at best. 
Um, though Mason Cox is becoming more consistent, it remains to be seen whether or not he can do that over a full season. I think that consistency is a pretty low standard, to be honest, as well. So yeah, um, yeah if you can string two or three good games a year together, um, yep. then it's probably exceeding expectations. Yep, I agree. But I think Liam McMahon, as a tall forward, 194 centimetres, 80 kilograms, he could be called upon to make his debut at some point next year if um, if Coxie can't get it together and if Moore can't get his body right. We could see a Liam McMahon for Collingwood uh, lighting up the forward line. Or hopefully for, for you know, as an Essendon supporter, I hope he won't be lighting up the forward line. But, you know, I, I think it's a chance to see him uh, to see him play. Speaking of going tall and speaking of the Bombers, uh, on to Essendon, Nick Cox with pick eight. Archie Perkins, pick nine. Zach Reed from the Gitzland Power, pick 10. Josh Ayer, 39. Cody Brand, 53. Rookie draft, Marty Gleason and Dylan Clark. We picked them both up. I was shocked when we cut Dylan Clark. So thank God we got him back. Um, I still can't believe that we got rid of some of the players that we cut over the last few seasons, but that's besides the point. How do you think we went, Eli? And um, look, not that I want you to go gentle on me, but if you go too harshly on me, I will leave the room. I don't think you did too bad. Um, I think having those three picks in the top 10, though they did slide down with the academy selections, um, I think you've done quite well. And I mean, uh, you've probably got a, the club's probably got a good dire- sense of direction of where they want to be heading. Um, and could they have picked some genuine stars? Maybe, but um, yeah, Nick Cox and Zach Reed, both 200 centimeters um, and Aaron Brand are both uh, 196 plus, I think um, tall players. Um, I think they're trying to build a good spine um, because you've got a lot of midfielders um, and you got, you got some decent midfielders too. So, um, I think Archie Perkins is one that could develop into another midfielder for you. Um, contentious on uh, his position on not wanting to leave Victoria. Um, uh, that's a conversation for another time, I'm sure. But um, yeah, they really rate Nick Cox as sort of a versatile player. So out of Northern Knights, a um, little bit of a prospect, but um, he's an endurance beast. Um, he, kick, he can kick on both feet. He can play a variety of roles. Um Zach Reed's probably a more genuine key position player um, and he could slot into defense. So I think he's probably a bit of a Kale Hooker type uh, replacement possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a pretty good kick for his size too. Um, Reed's a play well. Um, but yeah, Josh Aaron, Cody Brand, uh, the NGA products as well. I think they did well. Um, you placed a bit on uh, Morris Rolla Jr. Um, why not? Um, but yeah. then your doggies put a bit on a, uh, on Cody Brand, so, which was matched. Uh, both Calder Cannon's products. Um, Cody Brand's, I think, a genuine key defender. Um, and I think he's shown uh, last year in the NAB League as a bottom major that he was quite capable. And uh, I think he's been working hard on his sort of contested craft um, to, the tr- to transition into a sort of rebounding defender uh, because of that height as well. Um, he's got a good raking kick on him. So, um, yeah, I really like what he's made of. Um, even despite him not being able to play top age football. Yeah, look, um, I think that our our key position players are either not fantastic or they're getting on in age. You look at Hooker and Hurley, they are um, getting up there. <laughs> getting up there, definitely. I think they're both north of 30. Um, 
And so this was a key draft for us, and I'm glad that we went as tall as we did. We look at some of the statistics here. Josh Ayer, 197 centimeters. Cody Brand, 195 centimeters. Zachary, 202. Um, and Nicholas Cox at 199. The only small player we have is Archie Perkins, and he's still 185 centimeters. And you look at some of these roles, Cox, position, tall defender slash forward. That's K.O. Hooker's replacement right there. Zach Reed, tall defender, could potentially be Michael Hurley's replacement. Look, our defense wasn't great last year. Our defense wasn't great. Actually, our everything wasn't great, but our defense wasn't great. Josh Ayer could play, you know, tall forward, could help us deal with the loss of Joe Danaher and the fact that we cut Mitch Brown as well, could really help the likes of um, James Stewart out in the forward line, which I'm really excited about because, look, I like James Stewart, but I don't know if he can handle being the main forward line, uh, the main forward in Essendon's forward line. And Cody Brand, another tall defender. So, yeah, I like the fact that we went tall. Um, I still still question marks about our midfield, to be honest with you, because we still need that big-bodied midfielder. But hopefully, hopefully we can... Um, Hopefully we can develop Archie Perkins, his position, medium forward slash midfielder, 185 centimeters, so not super tall, but 87 kilograms. You know, hopefully he becomes a bit of a wrecking ball for us. You know, it'd be good to get some big bodies in there. We haven't had one since Joe Watson, so it'd be good to good to get one in there. We nearly had one with Josh Dunkley, but the dogs kept them. Fair enough, too. But anyway, it's moving. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Moving on to the Fremantle... Uh, moving on to the Fremantle Dockers, they selected with pick 14, Heath Chapman, uh, 27, Nathan Odescroll, ba- uh, Brandon Walker, pick 50, 54, Joel Weston, and with the rookie draft, Josh Tracy and Bailey Banfield, they relisted. Uh, very interesting pick. They also went very local here. Just looking at this, West Perth, Perth, East Fremantle, Claremont. The only one that they actually picked from interstate with Josh Tracy from the Bendigo Pioneers. Uh, interesting tactic here, going the Adelaide route. What do you think of the Dockers draft night? Yes, I mean, just on Josh Tracy, I think he's probably one that they'll be looking to replace that Jesse Hogan type player, tall target up forward, good presence, um, aggressive, throws his weight around. Um, but yeah, I really like what they've done. They got the two academy players at pick 50 and 54, and they would have been absolutely stoked because I'm pretty sure they traded up to try and uh, make sure that they had the points to actually get these players in case a bid came. But um, no, nah, they've done fantastic because you could probably argue that they could have been picked in the top 30, to be honest. Um, Walker is an attacking halfback. Um, and Joel Weston was a Claremont Colts captain. Um and he claimed uh, he was best on ground in the uh, WA All-Stars game. Um, ground level work and acceleration, probably just absolutely fantastic. So I think he, uh, I think they've, they've drafted really well there and um, sort of working my way up. Nathan O'Driscoll um, on the board after round one somehow. Um, the Dockers traded up um, to try and to be able to pick him. Um, but yeah, he's got good inside-outside balance in the midfield. Um, probably a tough injury room to crack, but he's a versatile player who could probably have a go um, sort of in either third of the ground. Um, his sister also plays uh, for the AFLW team. Um, 
So that's one to look at. Um, and Heath Chapman, um, another versatile player. The draft seems to be absolutely littered with them. Mm. Um, but with Freeman has already got he's 193 centimeters. Mm. Um, so he's not genuine key position. He could play tall, um, but there's probably going to be a couple of tall forwards um, up around the two meter mark that could sort of dominate him in the air a little bit. Um, but he's got good running ability. So he could be pegged as a sort of um, sort of wing play play between the arcs or even up the other end of the ground. So um, I don't think he's going to be able to crack in with the tall defenders because even you look at guys like Luke Ryan, who's mm. probably similar size. I don't have his stats in front of me, but um, I don't think he'd be able to crack in because even without some of the tall defenders last year, I think Griffin Logue was injured for a bit. They didn't have uh, Joel was it Hamling, I think he's there. They didn't have a few of the tall defenders and they still managed to do pretty well. So um, I think they may look to develop in, uh, develop him um, as a possibly big bodied inside mid or um, yeah, outside sort of wingman half forward type player. So um, again, wise move drafting local. Um, they've, they've sort of up, up and up um, last couple of years, Fremantle. So um, I, I expect them to be pushing for the eight next year, to be honest. I, it could be a, a bombastic sort of call, but um, they challenged a lot of clubs um, and they're in a lot of games. Um, and much like Brisbane a few years ago, the difference is a couple of those games going their way and they're genuinely pushing for the eight. So I think they've done pretty well. And again, they would have been absolutely stoked that they got the Academy boys in um, that late in the draft for, for pretty much nothing really. So um, I think Freeman will be pretty happy with how they went. We like bombastic calls on this podcast. Um, yeah, look, just mentioning Heath Chapman, you mentioned the injuries that they had to their defense last year. Uh, you mentioned as well uh, Luke Ryan's height. He's 186 centimeters, Luke Ryan. Even shorter. So there you Heath go. Chapman is uh, taller and comfortably yep. so. Look, to be honest with you, right, and I haven't watched Heath Chapman play, so this could be completely... Uh, farcical, and it probably will be. But I'll say this: looking at his stats, right, it reminds me of a certain Luke McFarlane, old Fremantle defender, back in the days, back in the back in my day when Fremantle were actually a good team. No, back when the Dockers were actually a Premiership contender, Luke McFarlane was a staple of their defense. Could also go up forward occasionally, but he was best as a defender and if if his chapman could jump like luke mcfarlane could then boy oh boy Fremantle are going to be exciting to watch because man luke mcfarlane could take speckies oh he could take speckies like jeremy howe could take speckies like he was Fremantle's jeremy howe before jeremy howe was even jeremy howe like he was that good he's a big boy too big boy I think Heath Chapman's probably a little bit more, um, probably more athletic, bit, bit, mm. probably a bit better runner, yeah. Um, to probably play that wing role, but um, yeah, I mean, will he play a key position in the next couple of seasons? Probably not, but could it develop into that? Um, I think any team would love to have a Luke McFarlane type player. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, if he can, but yeah, he doesn't really have to. To be honest with you, I don't think that Fremantle are in desperate need of another key position defender. So. Um, I think that's probably the luxury they have. Not not so much a luxury because it's not like they're sitting in the top two um, every season for the last decade. But um, yeah, I, I think they'll be pretty happy with uh, with him and especially being a local boy too. 
um, I think it's probably a very wise move because, like I said, they are on the up. Um, but Brisbane were going pretty well for period two when we lost those boys. And then we went backwards. Um, like we're winning a few games and uh, I, I, don't, I don't think Fremantle really wants to be in that spot. They want to build that good culture and, and make sure that their improvement keeps going at a steep rate. Mm. Agreed with that one. Uh, good depth in the back line is uh, Heath Chapman. Great pickup for the Dockers. Moving on to the Geelong Cats. Uh, the Catters, massive trade period for them. Uh, they, I've heard them be called the the dad squad. How many dads on the team? Uh, but the youngsters that they picked up, Max Holmes at pick 20, pick 33, Shannon Neal, pick 47, Nick Stevens, and the uh, rookie draft they picked up, Paul Sapatolis. I am so sorry. Paul, if you're listening to this, I apologize. I, I, I like this. I like this draft for Geelong. And can I just start by saying, I'll, I'll promise I'll let you go, Eli, but let me just mention this. Shannon Neal, the ruck was one area for Geelong last year that I thought constantly let them down. They never had consistently good ruck work for their midfield. And it was, I reckon, only because of their holy trinity in the midfield that they were actually able to, uh, to perform as well as they did last year and get as far as they did. So the fact that they picked Shannon Neal, a 202-centimeter, 91-kilogram Ruckman uh, from South Fremantle, is a great get for them. I'm just warning you, though, Geelong, don't make this another Tim Kelly situation, right? Whatever you got to do to make Shannon Neal stay there, keep him. Keep him, okay? Shower him with gifts. Like, do whatever you got to do, right? Buy him free beers for a year. I don't care. Just make sure he stays. All right? Okay, Eli, your turn. How do you think the Cats went? Well, much like Carlton, they've got some good talent in the door of genuinely ready-made players. And like you said, they are quite old. Um, I think of Sean Higgins and Jeremy Cameron off the top of my head. Um, I feel like there might be another one that I'm missing. But, um, yeah, look, it's... Let's be honest, Stephen Wells is probably the best in the game um, in terms of drafting. And there's been there's a reason that Geelong have been up near, up just about, you could argue, premiership contenders for the last 15 years, um, probably barring a couple of years here and there. Um, but I think they've done pretty well um, with what they had to do. Um, and like you said, what they needed, they were pretty clear that they were going to target a tall uh, prize to the draft. And obviously Shannon Neal, like you said, is that one? Max Holmes is an athletic player. Um, his old man was a uh, Commonwealth Games gold medalist and Lee Naylor, uh, so he's got some good athletic pedigree. Um, but I think it's mostly his running capacity that sort of clubs to appeal to. Um, and I think you pr- he's probably likely to develop as a wing, um, uh, which he sort of played as in his one NAB League appearance last year. So um, I think that's probably where they're going to be going with him. And uh, Nick Stevens is a semi-local pick. He went to Geelong Grammar, um, 192 centimeters or there thereabouts. Um, so you could probably place him as a tall player, but um, yeah, he could develop further afield. But uh, with his height and athletic upside, he could be um, a bit of a sort of semi-key position player. He could play a halfback. They, they could swing him up forward too. So um, he has been utilized uh, either in the ground, like we've been saying for just about every player in this draft. Um, and yeah, Paul Sap- uh, Sapatolis, um, I believe it is. Um, yeah, former basketball, another tall player. Mm-hmm. So adds, adds more to the tall depth in the long term. 
Yeah, interesting. Geelong, though, right? Even though I just talked about their ruckman, uh, their ruck division not being super fantastic, uh, I I kind of thought that they needed to work on their small depth. To be honest with you, so it's kind of interesting that they went with the players that they went with. But nevertheless, um, yeah, I think their best player that they picked up was Shannon Neal. Having said that, because their ruck was awful last year. Um, no offense to the Geelong Ruckman from last year, though. If you're somehow listening to this, love your work, but you know, just yeah. Anyways, moving on to the Gold Coast Suns. Pretty quiet trade period. Pretty quiet off season from the uh, Gold Coast. They picked up Elijah Holland's. It with pick seven, and they also picked up Alex Davies and Joel Jeffrey from the Suns Academy. Rookie drafted Jacob Townsend for some reason. Essendon let him go. Jacob Homps from the Gold Coast, Jordan Murdoch from the Gold Coast, Aiden Fife from Broad Beach, Ryan Nichols from Labrador, and Paul Huago as well. How do you think the Sunnies went? I think Elijah Hollins is a steal at seven. Um, could have been picked up in the top three. So I think it's remarkable that he, was, he slid down to seven. Um, yeah, dynamic midfielder forward. Um, I think, yeah, the Suns would have been stoked that he was still there. Um, so I, I think he's still recovering from an ACL tear. Mm. Um, so could uh, he could be the best player out of this draft in a couple of years' time. We, we just won't, won't know. But Alex Davies is probably Queensland's best uh, top prospect. Um uh, Joel Jeffrey, another one um, out of the academy as well, uh, I believe. Oh, sorry, on the Suns primary list. Um, yeah, Reese Nichols, eight and five. Um, yeah, I, I think they've they've done well to get some local talent in through the door, like um, a Freeman or Brisbane, Adelaide. Um, you need to keep those academy players interested um, coming through because the, that's their biggest access point. Um, interstate clubs don't want to have to draft from Vic Metro because like you've mentioned already, the, the go home ploy is a very real thing. And um, a lot of players do want to exploit that, even if it is just to get to a, a better club, maybe. Um, so I think the more you can keep players in, like even Brisbane picking up Harris Andrews a few years back as a prospect player, and he's turned into be the best, the best key defender in the competition uh, over the last couple of years. So um, it is worthwhile looking at these players because um, you never know what they could become. Um, and I think drafts in years gone by have shown that. Um, and yeah, again, getting Jacob Townsend in, good for depth. Um, Jack Holmstrad and Jordan Murdoch, um, players that have played at the level before. Might as well just keep them in 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 there. And as a rookie listed player, they're not going to be taking up too much. Uh, they're not going to be taking up primary list spots. So um, I think they've done pretty well um, here with what they had on offer, really. Um, rookie draft they've, they've gone hammer and tong and to get Elijah Hollins a pick seven I think that's absolutely fantastic yeah great effort from them geez I tell you what I I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit here Gold Coast fans but imagine if Hollins and Raul could form the most dangerous medium forward slash midfield combo in the competition and geez wouldn't that be something to watch because I tell you what if if that happens then the last two drafts for the Suns has been phenomenal for Nominal. So well done, Gold Coast. Radar a bit too was uh, Noah Anderson. He um, he had an mm. exceptional year and was only overshadowed by Rao's absolute dominance in the early rounds. So, yeah, no, I definitely agree with you that uh, if Elijah Holmes can develop like he should, um, which I've got every faith that he will, every bit of faith that he will, um, yeah, they've done exceptionally well. 
geez, I tell you what, this this Gold Coast team is exciting. Really, really, really exciting. Moving on to the Giants. Uh, yikes, losing Jeremy Cameron. Uh, not good. You you ideally would not want to lose a player like Jeremy Cameron, but they lost Jeremy Cameron nevertheless. However, they had. Uh, three picks in the top 20 hasn't happened in years for the Giants. At number 12, they picked up Tanner Braun. 15, Connor Stone. 18, Ryan Anguin. 58, Cameron Fleeton. 59, Jacob Ware. And rookie drafted again, Sam Reed from GWS. Zach Sproul from GWS. And Will Shaw from the New South Wales slash ACT zone. Sorry, I'm just so excited that the New South Wales slash ATC zone is there. Because it shows the fact that AFL is growing. And it's growing into rugby league heartland, which is just great to see. Uh, who, how, how do you think the Giants went uh, that evening, Eli? Yeah, I mean... It was interesting with uh, Tanner Bruin and his uh, his reaction to being drafted. Yeah, um, I think that was publicised. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what uh, if he said it was just a bit of shock, but um, he could have looked shocked a little bit differently, I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah another Falcons boy. Um, yeah, 183 centimeters, relentless on the inside. Um, probably adds to a, a big list of GWS midfield options, um, but. I think the Giants will rate his versatility um, and might see him. Uh, they might see it, which might see him play go uh, go either end of the ground. Um, yeah, Connor Stone, Ryan Angwin. Um, I think Stone will sort of double as a medium forward. Um, he has the aerobic capacity to play further afield. Um, he played for St. Kevin's in the APS, um, five goals in Nablick debut for Oakley. So he can play uh, at the level. Um, they've got every faith in that. Um, Angwin has been sort of compared to um, Xavier Dersman a little bit. Um, slender frame, but just goes hard at the, at the contest. Um, strong runner, can play probably on the outside a little bit more. Um, but if he fills out, he can probably impact um, on the inside or up forward a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they've done pretty well there. And, uh, Jacob Weir is is one that I really rate um, down the bottom. Mm. Um Mature age for uh, with the West Torrens, um, played off half back, and um, I, I don't know how much he weighs, but he's a very slight sort of frame. Um, looking at him in, in just watching him play, um, but he's got great decision making by by foot, um, and he uses it very well too. So I think he's a player that um, may not sort of jump in straight away, uh, but he has the potential of being a mature age player. Um, playing senior football for for the best part of um, played up, he was a big part of Woodville West Tyrone's premiership side. So um, yeah, I really rate uh, rate his game. Look, GWS, all these players have the potential to be in your first premiership. Hopefully, you know they're going to be cornerstones of your team for the next 15, ten to fifteen years. But what you got to do is that you got to stop the exodus that's happening. The, the the bleeding of players has been happening for years out of GWS. And you lost a lot of great players. So you just got to hope and you just got to pray that these players want to stay with you guys. And I reckon one way that they're going to want to stay is if you start winning again. So here's an easy thing to do, GWS. You want your players to stay. You want Braun to stay. You want Stone to stay. You want Anglin, Fleeton, Ware, Reed, Sproul, and Shaw to stay. 
start winning. Because these players, I guarantee you, want to play for a premiership contender. Interesting that they went with a lot of Victorian players since that oh, they've lost a lot of players to Victorian clubs over the last few seasons. But nevertheless, good draft period for GWS. Moving on to Hawthorne. Jeez, it's been a long time since they had a pick this high. Number six, Denver Granger Barras, 29, Seamus Mitchell, 35, Connor Downey, 46, Tyler Brockman, and the rookie draft, Jack Saunders. Now, I reckon the last time that they had a pick this high was in 2005, Denver Granger, mm-hmm. maybe even 2004 with the Jared Ruffhead, Buddy Franklin uh, duo pick in the top 10 of that year's draft. Do you think yeah, that? Probably... Sorry, I was going to say they're probably spewing they missed out on Richard Tambling in that draft, but I think it all turned out pretty well. For them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think you know they got over the disappointment of losing out on Richard Tambling. That's for sure. Um, how well do you think the Hawks went? Do you think that the players that they have drafted can lay the foundation for their next Premiership uh, next Premiership launch? Well, I mean, yeah, it was their first first pick up that high for a while, and bloody hell, they made the most of it. Um, yeah, Granger Brass probably the best defender in the in the draft, and athletic and yeah, key position player, good intercept marker, um, can lock down opponents, but also plays a loose man. Um, probably good mold in the uh, Sicily type role, mm. um, who I'm pretty sure uh, is still out with a knee injury. Mm. Um, but they did bid on Braden Campbell, which I thought was was, was interesting. Um, Swords Academy player. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, then they went same as Mitchell, Tyler Brockman, both sort of X Factor players, probably more development uh, sort of prospects at the time. Um, but given a couple of years, I think they could play sort of high half forwards uh, or closer to goal. They've got good X Factor this uh, very quick. Um, and Connor Downey's, I think, is just a very safe pick, um, NGA product. Um, he was going to captain the Eastern Rangers this year um, before um, global pandemic happened. Um, but see, a sort of outside, sort of mid midfielder defender. Um, he's got a big left foot kick. Um, I think they've rated him for for the last few years. Has been in the program, so um, they're preparing to. I think they're prepared to match a bid. Um, I think within the twenty five range. So um, being able to snare him at thirty five, I think they'd be quite happy with that. Um, and yeah, Jack Saunders, sort of line breaker, ball winner. Um, adds to the midfield stocks again. Um, played a little bit in the reserves and all with this se- uh, the season, so um, has a bit of senior footy under him. Um, but yeah, rookie draft, they'll be looking to develop him a bit more, I think. Um, but yeah, having, like I said, having the first time having a pick this high for a while, um, they definitely made the most of it with uh, yeah, Granger Brass. Um, if they can hang on to him, I think he's going to be a key part of, I wouldn't say their rebuild because they're not in a terrible spot, but they, uh, I think Hawthorne fans have been been blessed with uh, the success they've experienced. So um, I think they will be looking to hopefully climb up the ladder a bit more and get some more enthusiasm into the uh, developing list. In the the, uh, last round of the 2020 season, Hawthorne farewelled one of their favorite sons in Ben Stratton, the key tall defender, who finished off by kicking his second ever goal in his last game. In December of the same year, they picked up a tall key defender, 195 centimetres tall, 
He was only 78 kilos, so granted, he needs to add a fair bit of muscle. But I reckon Denver Granger Barras could very well be the next Ben Stratton. So who knows? Hopefully, he can pinch a couple of games this year. Hopefully, for the Hawks, yeah. sake, he can uh, he can pinch a spot in the defense for the Hawks. I wouldn't put it past him either. Mm. I think he's definitely capable. Yep. Totally agree with that. Moving on to Melbourne. Jack Bowie, pick 21. Bailey Laurie, pick 22. And pick 34, Fraser Rosman. Not a very busy night for Melbourne, but how do you think the Ds went? Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, Bowie's a sort of shorter player, 175-ish, I think. Um, good skills, good speed, good agility. Um, play a number of roles, but I think he played primarily as a, as a, a wingman in his bottom age season. Um, Laurie is also uh, very capable um, skill-wise. Um, very good with the run and carry, apparently. Um, bit, a little bit taller, but um, yeah, he had premiership success uh, last year with Oakley. Um, so should have, uh, if he does play, I think they'll be both exciting players that um, fans will take a liking to them. Will they slot in? Um, who knows? Who knows which way Melbourne are going because um, after a very poor 2019, they looked a little better last year. So I'm hoping they get back to uh, or close to the 2018 form. Um, no, maybe not that good, but I'm hoping they'll be able to get as close to that as possible. Um, and I think, yeah, Fraser Rossman's probably a bit more of a prospect um, 194 centimeters, um, athletic, good speed, good endurance, um, good vertical ability. Um, probably more looking as, as a key forward player. Um, but again, he's probably more of a prospect at this point. So, um, yeah, we'll see how, how those boys develop. And I think, um, they'll, they'll support, uh, cause pick a little bit more, um, the previous draftee. So, um, I'm hoping that they can probably make an impact next season, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. But um, yeah, using the back-to-back picks in the uh, early part of the twenties, I think they've done decently well. Uh, they've probably picked who they wanted um, and they've kept it all Melbourne as well. So um, talking about keeping local, I think that's quite probably the theme of this draft, um, local and versatile. So um, yeah, Melbourne will probably be pretty happy, um, but we'll see how they go. I like I like this draft for Melbourne, right? I like pick thirty four Fraser Rosman, one hundred ninety three centimeters tall forward slash midfielder. Hopefully, he can put some pressure on McDonald and on Wiedemann as well to keep their spots. Because I'll be honest with you, they've been really disappointing uh, the last couple of seasons. Additionally, when the ball has gone in the forward line, my criticism, my main criticism of Melbourne last year, as well as the inconsistency, was the fact that it rebounded out of there far too quickly. And so hopefully Jack Bowie and Bailey Laurie, both small forward slash midfield roles, 179 centimetres for Bailey Laurie, 175 centimetres for Jack Bowie. As you said, they should complement Pickett quite well. Hopefully they could put a lot of pressure on the opposition defense once the ball comes to ground because they need to lock the ball in more, Melbourne. If they do that, they can become a finals team without a shadow of a doubt. Moving on to North Melbourne. The Kangaroos, one of the worst teams last year, as uh, as one of the advantages of that is that they had pick three in the draft. Will Phillips from the Oakley Chargers, 13, Tom Powell, 36, Charlie Lazaro. 42, Phoenix Spicer, 56, Eddie Ford, and rookies, 
Patrick Walker and Connor Menadu. Oh, huh, very interesting that Connor Menadu. I just read that Connor Menadu uh, went to North Melbourne. Very good pickup for the Kangaroos. Uh, how do you think North Melbourne went in this draft, Eli? Yeah, Bill Phillips at three. I think probably a little bit of a surprise, um, but I think if he also had uh, the Napoli gear, um, the opportunity to play top age, I think he probably could have very well um, gone even earlier, um, depending on the draft order. So, um, yeah, I think it's a very solid pick. They've given him Brent Harvey's old number as well, so Ooh. I think they've got pretty good faith in wow. uh, yeah their first selection, it's fair to say. Um, looks probably just about ready to play, play round one next year if if he uh, puts in a good preseason, stays fit. Um, just, yeah, genuine inside mid, I reckon. Um, and I really like the next selection and Tom Powell. Um, I watched a lot of him play for Sturt. Um, couldn't quite crack into the seniors, but, uh, yeah, averaged over 35 disposals, I think, in the uh, under-18s. So genuine ball winner. Um, I think one game he had 47 and three goals. So the dude can seriously play. Um but the way – what I really like about him um, is the way that he played at under-18s level probably can translate well to um, AFL football if he's given the opportunity next year because though he could win the ball, could win his own ball, um, what, what was really impressive was how he spread from stoppages and was able to be that next link in the chain. Um, probably a little bit too handball happy at times, um, but he is capable by foot. Um, so I think um, – yeah, he's clean. He's got good composure. Um, and if he can work on maybe a bit more kick to handball balance, uh, they could see him become a very, very quality player. But um, but I think he could play early next year, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, Charlie Lazaro, another quality sort of player. Um, bit of tackling pressure, bit of a tough player. A um, little bit more dynamic. Um that 100, 179 centimeters and Phoenix Spicer as well. Another lively sort of small forward, uh, probably a bit of a bolter um, only sort of cracking in the, the reserves to South Adelaide a little bit, um, but he has genuine pace and, you know, he's going to take the game on. So um, I really like that pick. Um, Eddie Ford, um, Western Jets is only, um, only draft pick. Um, I mean, Clay manager was a former Western Jet, but um, came through the Werribee VFL system, but, um, yeah, he's a he's an interesting, interesting sort of player because he can take big marks, um, but he could also play as a bit of a midfielder. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't really show that as a top ager this year, um, but really like Eddie Ford. Um, I'm inter- interested to see what they do with him. Um, yeah, Patrick Walker, watched a bit of him play for Tassie as well. I think he's at North Hobart. Um, and yeah, another sort of... Uh, but I likened him to Lockie Whitfield when I watched him. Um, sort of tall and lean sort of outside player. Um, capable on the inside as well, much like Whitfield. Um, but yeah, good skills, good penetrating kick. Uh, probably suited to the halfback wing role as well. Um, yeah, kind of manager. Uh, why not? You know, um, He's played at the level. He's got experience at a successful club. Um, you get him through the door, even if he doesn't play too much, which I think he's a decent player. He's got good speed. Um but even if he doesn't play, he's just another good guy that you can have around the club. He's young as well. Um, so I really don't mind that at all. And realistically, as a rookie selection, they haven't given up the house for him either. So why not, I'd say. And uh, I would also like to mention David Noble. Um, I'm uh, As a Brisbane fan, I was sad to see him go. But um, I really think they're going to do something similar to what we did with Chris Fagan. Um, 
they've both coached football. I'm pretty sure in Tasmania as well, but um, David Noble's probably not going to be the guy to take charge of every single bit of sort of uh, tactical play. Um, I think like Fagan, he's going to back in all his assistant coaches and relay the message and just build personal relationships because David Noble was absolutely instrumental um, to helping Brisbane turn around. So um, I wish him all the best and I really hope he does well um, with North Melbourne because as, as much as people like to bag North Melbourne as, having, as being sort of fanless and uh, having to move to Tassie, which I don't think will ever happen, but um, you want to see these clubs do well. Um, it's been a, I haven't really seen North Melbourne be a dominant club ever in my lifetime. Um, I just missed out on their, their 90s dominance. So um, it will be good to see them up towards the uh, top half of the ladder yeah. in the near future. And I think they've done themselves no harm with this mm. draft. Yeah, look, I'll be honest with you. I just missed out on their 90s dominance as well. Thank goodness for that because I can't stand North Melbourne. <laughs> Uh, look, right, um, as an Essendon supporter, even though I was born in 2000, I'm still salty about the fact that North Melbourne stole the 1990 premiership off of us. It was ours to win, and Carlton had to step in and ruin everything. But no, I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over it, I promise, North Melbourne fans. Totally sure, sure, you deserve to win that flag. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Very interesting, North Melbourne. Every single one of their picks, except for Ford, are small midfielders. Small to mid-sized midfielders, which is very interesting because I think it goes against the trend, the recent trend of getting big-bodied midfielders. You know, you think you're Bonton Pellies, you think you're Crisp. They went very much the opposite direction. But I think what it also shows is that North Melbourne understand that they're fundamentally the weakest area of the ground for them is their midfield. And with Higgins gone, Jack yep. Zeeble and Ben Cunnington coming towards the end of their career, it's a good decision to focus on the midfield depth. So I think the next couple of years are going to be very painful for North Melbourne supporters and very joyous for everyone else. But nevertheless, it's good development for the Kangaroos and a key area of the ground where they need to focus on. And to be fair, you only really need to look at the best player in the competition for 2020 to know that size doesn't really matter in the midfield. Um, exactly. Most lucky Neil, he's probably, I think he's the sub-180 club, mm. lucky Neil, and uh, although he's... Uh, very sturdy around the around the hips, thighs, and calves, um, calves especially. Um, yeah, I, I think these boys are certainly capable. And um, Todd Powell, like like I said, he's a genuine ball winner, um, and that's sort of what you need. Whether they win the contested ball or just get the outside ball, um, you get more disposals. It goes a long way to to your club winning the game. So, um, no, I agree. Um, it's definitely one area they needed to focus on, and um, I think they've addressed that and they've done pretty well. Speaking of Lockie, pick 16 for the Port Adelaide Power with Lockie Jones, Ollie Lord at pick 49, and rookies Taj Schofield from the Woodfield West Torrens. And an old familiar face for you Collingwood supporters, Tyson Goldsack. He went from being a Collingwood Magpie to a Port Adelaide Magpie, and now he's with the Port Adelaide Power. Tyson Goldsack, lovely bloke, had the pleasure of meeting him here in the UAE a few years ago. Absolute top bloke, absolutely love him. He's probably the one Collingwood player who I can actually stand. Um... Eli, for you, Port Adelaide, pretty great draft period, but how, sorry, pretty great trade period, but how did they go with the draft? Well, they've done super well with the draft the last couple of years, and um, I really, really like Lockie Jones, um, NGA product again, but um, I watched a lot of him play for Woodville, and 
he's a very good player. He played league level all year. Um, he's a good size. Probably he's capable of playing tall, but he's gonna just monster medium medium sort of forwards um, with his strength. Um, he's put, I think he's pushing ninety kilos, um, but he's got good speed as well. It doesn't hinder his speed at all. So um, he's got good attack on the ball, good penetration, um, very good defensive abilities. Um, makes him a little bit versatile. I have seen him play uh, one quarter up forward, which he had two shots and goals. Um, I think he kicked one one or maybe one goal and out in the full, but. Um, I think you'll likely see him play as a defender. And the only problem as well with him is that much like some of their other defenders for Port Adelaide, he's very similar size. And you, I'm only saying it because I, I saw this and I remember it, but against Brisbane, I think their height was exposed. Um, I think Tom Jonas might be the tallest player. Um, happy to be corrected on that, but he's only early, early 190s. And when you get a couple of players that are around the two meter mark, they may struggle, but nonetheless, I think he's um, he certainly played that good slot in and uh, and played that role. He actually won the mark of the year for the SNFL, so he's got very good hands. It was a massive clunk, um, so I really like him. I love watching him play. Um, so yeah, definitely one to watch. Um, Ollie Lord, um, don't know a lot about him if I'm being honest. Um, his grandson of 1962 Brownlow medalist Alistair Lord, um, but I think he's a bit more of a prospect um uh yeah another sort of key forward type player um that they'll be looking to to grow with in the next few years which i think they've done pretty well Port Adelaide. you look at guys like peter laddams coming through and obviously getting charlie dixon through the door that uh, certainly helps um so i think it's more of a depth thing um tyler schofield i think um port committed him uh committed to him beforehand um father son uh product um father josh i believe um played for a while i'm pretty sure he's um uh, actually a coach uh, coaching at port adelaide as well um Vitar schofield i think he came over from uh, wa uh to play um and obviously tyson goldsack again like the same with connor manager if you're going to pick him up why not um this is a guy that's been at a, at a successful club um been at a club that's gone through some tumultuous times in terms of culture um, and I think he's he'd be wise to have around the club and probably the probably looking to develop him into some sort of coach, I imagine, too. So, um, again, why not? Why not? I'd say, and um, we know Port Adelaide's going to be contending around the top again. Um, so they've they didn't really have to draft as well as they um needed to in previous years, which they did well. So, um, I think they'll be happy if they got Lucky Jones through the door. Yeah, look, I think it's a great draft period for the power. Oli Lord, 195 centimetre tall forward. For me, that screams Justin Westhoff replacement. And if he develops to be as good as Justin Westhoff, imagine him in the same forward line as Charlie Dixon. Good luck to any defence in the next few seasons who have to oppose those two players. Uh, all I can say to you is, um, yeah, you're screwed. Sorry. Uh, pick... Number 16, Lachlan Jones, medium defender, 186, 89 kilograms. Yeah, yeah, you know, potentially the defense was a slight source of weakness. So it's interesting the fact that they picked him. Um, and if he's as good as you say he, he is, and if he fulfills that promise, then he could be a staple of that defense for absolute years to come. 
And so I think Port Adelaide, to be honest with you, they didn't have to do a heck of a lot this this draft because their trade period was awesome. They were minor premiers last year, but nevertheless, they did very well and obviously loved the Tyson Goldsag pick. Great to see him back in the competition. Moving on to the Tigers. Pick 40, Samson Ryan. And pick 51, Morris Rioli Jr. Yet another Rioli walks through the door at Tigerland. And rookie draft mate Kalina. Now, uh, not a busy, busy, busy uh, trade period for the reigning premiers. But how do you reckon the Tigers went, Eli? Three premierships in four years. I think you'd probably find that um, list managers would be rather nonchalant this uh, this time. But um, not happy with them because, again, they've got another Brisbane Academy player through the door after <laughs> snare, snaring two last year. So... Um, except this one's six foot nine or whatever. He's 206 centimeters, I believe. So 203. Um, mm. 203. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, again, why not? Um, you saw when Ivan Soldo went down there a little bit, uh, the stretch a little bit thin last year. Um, I think with uh, David Asprey having a pinch hit while uh, Nankervis was having a bit of a breather. So um, yeah, why not? Um, Morris Riola Jr. Again, and it's one of the players that would probably get bums on seats too. So um, and as expected, he's a small forward, all action, great speed, good goal sense. Um, so he joins his cousin Daniel at the club, and um, hopefully he's, he he'll be looking to have the same success that his late father Maurice did, um, Maurice Senior, and did in the yellow and black. So um, I think it's a good selection. And um, yeah, uh, Marte Kalina, I played played junior footy with him for a couple of seasons. He um, was absolutely huge in under tens. Um, and it's no surprise that he's seven foot. He actually played uh, junior basketball for Australia. Mm. I'm pretty sure and he's playing uh, Div One college basketball in Hawaii, I think. Um, yeah, it was actually really surprising to see that because um, I, well, I think he, I, I thought he would have tried to tried to make a career out of basketball because um, from all reports he was pretty good. Um, like I said, Australian junior sides. So I'm not sure how the Tigers swung this, um, but I did commit to him before the draft. Um, so yeah, like I said, maybe it's just to get a bit of depth in, um, where with Ivan Solder recovering from his knee injury, um, and probably if there are more injuries with the Ruck Stocks, um, they've got two tall players there, and not just tall players, um, huge players, seven footer. I think he's going to be the tallest player in the competition, mm. uh, Mate. So um, yeah, very, um, very wise uh, selections, I would say. Um, so yeah, good on him, I'd say. Samson Ryan, their ruck depth gets even deeper, 203 centimetres tall, 84 kilograms. Goodness gracious me. And can I just say, this is the first draft that I can remember where the majority of players are younger than me. I feel so old. So it's good to see Samson Ryan. Um, Oh, no, he is younger than me. Okay, never mind. I misread that for some reason. Okay, no, he's still younger than me. I still feel old. I still feel very old. Um, (laughs) And small. And, well, well, mate, I've always felt very short. Don't you worry about that. Moving on to St. Kilda, uh, pick 26, Matt Allison. And pick 45, Tom Highmore. Not a lot of action happening for the Saints, but uh, Eli, do you reckon it was a good good draft period for the Saints or nah? Yeah, so two players I've had a decent look at as well. So Matthew Allison, I actually played junior footy against him. and he's sort of one of those players that sort of kept getting better and better. He's a year, year below me, but 
Um, a bit of a utility. Uh, he's very good hands. Um, played played a fair bit as a bottom major. Um, so interesting, interesting to see what they do. I think he's a little bit of a bolter at 26, to be fair. Um, but he's got good aerial ability, um, good running capacity. So he could uh, could develop as the next key forward. Um, uh, not not the next key forward, but as a key forward. Um, but also as a player that could sort of play like a wing wing type role, half forward type role. So um, he'd probably want to put on a bit of the size if he wanted to be that key position player. But um, I, I really don't mind that selection at all. Um, again, Saints have probably, probably a team that aren't, glaringly lacking anything as such. Um, they've got good key position players. They've got a good midfield. Uh, they've got some good ball users around the club. So um, I think it's a pretty decent selection. And Tom Highmore was one that I really rated. Um, surprised he didn't go a little bit higher, but um, yeah, mature age player. He um, was overlooked as I think he was at the GWS Academy in his draft year. Um, played in the NEFL and then moved over to the Sandful, played for the South Adelaide. Um but just a very reliable defender. Um, and I think he's at 192 centimetres, intercept player, strong marker, uh, very strong um, the defensively sort of one in the one-on-one and with ball in hand too is good, good kick. So um, I think he's a player that should push for a selection round one. Um, to be honest, I think he's certainly capable at 22 years old. Um, he's a good solid size. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, yeah, plays round one next year and I'd be really happy for him because I watched him play a couple of times and I was very impressed by him. So um, I hope he can translate that uh, sample form into, into the AFL. I just realized something. Matthew Allison is now my favorite player at St. Kilda because his full name is Matthew McLeod Allison. There you go. There you go. It's done. He's my favorite player at St. Kilda. He's my favorite player in the league. And because he has the name McLeod in his name, he's going to be a superstar. He's going to win two nonsense medals. And the drought is going to end at St. Kilda. Thank goodness gracious me. In all seriousness, though, tall forward, 192 centimeters, could form a deadly partnership with King. Can you imagine that? King with McLeod Allison. The sky is the limit for St. Kilda with those two in the fourth it does have a bit of a slight frame still. Um, so I think it will be a couple of years. Um, but like I said, if he is to play um, sooner rather than later, I think it will be as a as an outside sort of user um, or sort of leading up sort of high half forward role. Um, but I will just say as well, I haven't spoken to him for a while, nor was I really ever close with him, but uh, he was a good guy from what I remember. So I um, hope that bodes well with, with your... Uh, you found love for him. <laughs> Tom Highmore, tall defender, could be a good Jake Carlisle replacement when, when Jake Carlisle eventually retires, which is hopefully if, um, a few years from now. But uh, I thought you were going to say hopefully soon. Yeah, <laughs> still salty about him leaving. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I really like Jake Carlisle. Um, I, I, I think that uh, in the meantime, Jake Carlisle can hopefully be a good mentor for Highmore. Um, and yes, they killed a good, good, good draft. Um, and they're going to need it because their fixture next year is brutal. But that's for another podcast episode. Moving on to the Sydney Swans. Uh, Luke McDonald at pick number four for Sydney. Braden Campbell at pick number five from the Swans Academy. 32, uh, Errol Golden and rookies Mal- uh, Malachi Caruthers and Mark Sheezers. 
Shiva. God, I'm butchering these names. I deeply apologize. What the club says, the club is happy. I'm happy. Logan McDonald, promising, promising, promising superstar. And hopefully it won't be too long before our next premiership because I'm getting kind of um, tired of waiting, Sydney. Yeah, I think uh, Logan McDonald's probably going to be a player um, that will play early. And I think he's going to have a big long career. And I think he's been drawing comparisons to Nick Raywalt, um, which is very good signs. Um, similar height, 196. Um, in fact, could be exactly the same height, but it's a whole whole year of senior footy under his belt uh, for Perth in the waffle. Um, but I think the next two picks are probably going to be um, where this one's going to be pretty stoked with because um, academy players, you got some academy players through the door. Um, you're able to secure or match the top, the, the, the bid for, for Braden Campbell um, and then Errol Gordon. I'm pretty sure they're good mates with um so should be very happy with that. Um, yeah, Malachi Carruthers um, at its dirt. Um, play primarily sort of after halfback, open up the play a little bit. Uh, good running carry. Uh, could play on the wing as well. Um, and he's pretty decent by foot as well. Um, was, yeah, pivotal in Sturt's, Sturt's run for the uh, under-18 flag, which um, which they fell short in only just. Um, and, yeah, Mark Sheeler again. Um you sort of go through the rookie draft. Um, you get another academy boy through the door. I've been saying it. Um, all podcasts, why not? Mm. Why not? Um, he can play on in every third. Um, he's probably ready-made, good athleticism. Um, so, yeah, I think Sydney would be pretty happy with this because they'll be looking to – they'll be disappointed with last year um, and they still don't really have a bad list. Um, they definitely underachieved. If you look at their team on paper, you think, well, this isn't a bad football club. Mm. Um, but when you, when you look at them finishing 16th, it'll probably hurt. Losing Alira Lira will probably hurt, mm. uh, but keeping Tom Papley will definitely not hurt. So, um, yeah, I hope for, for your sake and for the uh, this one's faithful uh, faithful sake uh, that they climb up a little bit more and that these boys can get a game next year. Look, I know I've said this a lot, this podcast, but Sydney fans, we have the next Jad Roughhead, Buddy Franklin, Matthew Lloyd, Scotty Lucas combination, and it is Logan McDonald and Nick Blakey because Logan McDonald is <laughs> taller than Nick Rewalt. Nick Rewalt is only 193 centimeters, absolute tiny little mouse of a guy he was. <laughs> Logan McDonald, 196 centimeters, and he's already 86 kilograms. He's ready. He's ready to. He's raring to go. Logan McDonald. Nick Blakely and Buddy Franklin in the same forward line, possibly Sam Reed as well, if he can get his body right. Yes, please. Thank you very much. I'm so looking forward to seeing them play over the next, hopefully, decade or so in the red and white. God, it's so exciting. Moving on to the West Coast Eagles. Uh, pretty quiet trade period and pretty quiet draft overall for the Eagles as well. Uh, just a couple of picks in the draft. Luke Edwards at pick 52. Isaiah Winder at pick 57. In the rookie draft, Zane True from the Swans District. and oh, Sorry, from Swan District, I should say. <laughs> and Daniel Venables, they redrafted onto their list. Uh, yeah, to wait a while for their first pick, the Eagles. But what did you, um, how do you think they handled it? Yeah, I mean, they entered last year's draft, I think, at pick 49 as well. So 
Um, not unfamiliar territory for him, but um, yeah, they're able to snag yeah father's son in Luke Edwards, um, obviously his son of Adelaide great Tyson. So um, overlooked by the Crows as a father's son nomination and um, yeah, worst case made the most of it. Um, very good, uh, very quality player for the uh, for Glenelg as a bottom major last year. Um, played a bit, played played a few senior games too. Um, was able to play off half back, play inside mid, rest forward. Um, good skills and obviously natural footballing ability, um, as you would expect. Um, and I think he's he could just about be ready made for for round one. Um, Kenny Crack in a West Coast best twenty two, unlikely, um, but you never know. He, he, I'd love for him to surprise everyone and just jump right in. But uh, we've seen West Coast um, have, have they've had good depth last few seasons have been able to bring in guys for a few games here and there and um, who've been able to play a role for him. So um, yeah, if he can crack in good on him, but um, probably one to expect to see in the next few years. Um, yeah. Isaiah Winder, uh, Winder, I'm not sure if we're saying that correctly, but um, just another local boy, um, Peel Thunder, uh, crafty small forward, uh, good goal sense, good marking ability, um, good speed. So um, it could develop into a bit of a midfielder, maybe, um, but Zane True is probably the most unlucky um, to miss out on the uh, national draft selection, sliding into the rookie draft. Um, probably a little bit too handball happy, um, but he, again, he's a local product, uh, good awareness in close. Um, so he's had a few injury setbacks, which probably could be the reason that he slid out of the national draft, um, but definitely a player, definitely worth selecting. So um, best of luck to him and, um, Let's see if West Coast can uh, probably improve the first half of the year um, as opposed that they had in 2020. Um, I think um, getting some fresh faces in may help. They've got a bit of, bit of versatility. So, um, I mean, they, they dominated the back end of the year, but uh, not dominated, but they, they were much better. So, um, hope for their sake, if these boys can get, uh, can crack in early, which is unlikely. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's like they're a little bit more competitive early days. Isaiah Winder could end up being a very dangerous small forward. 180 centimetres, 79 kilos. He's almost exactly the right height to compliment uh, Liam Ryan and compliment Venables as well, who has, just as I mentioned, been uh, redrafted by the Eagles. Look, I'll be honest with you. Uh, they didn't do a lot and they didn't have to do a lot, but their window is uh, starting to close a bit. And so if they want a companion to the 2018 Cup, next year is going to be absolutely critical for them. And they have to win away from home. That's the thing that they're going to have to work on. There's no obvious area of weakness for them on the ground. And so finishing outside of the top four is going to be unacceptable for the Eagles. Um, you know, I think that should be the internal expectation that they place on themselves. And I think it's the expectation that everyone has on them is to at least challenge for the flag. Moving on to the Western Bulldogs, Jamara Ugal Hagen. Number one, number one draft. The Crows tried to snatch it from them and they were like, nah, mate, he's coming to us. Thank you very much. Dominic Bedendo at pick 55 while in the rookie draft, Lachlan McNeil and Rourke Smith, they redrafted as well. Very interesting. It says here on the AFL website, it took the Bulldogs just 14 seconds to match the bid for the number one pick. Very interesting. How do you think the dogs went? I think it was probably 13 seconds longer than 
they actually took a, mm-hmm. probably just the uh, remaining time to process it, yeah. um, however they did it. So um, I think it was inevitable that he was going to be number one. Um, and I think Adelaide just bit on him because, yeah, like I've been saying, why not, you know? And uh, like they, they matched it promptly and fair enough. Um, I think we've, we've heard, heard a lot about him. Um, and if he can um, crack on with Aaron Norton next season, it's going to be pretty formidable, arable, um uh, forward line for the doggies. Um, so I, I really hope he can live up to the hype because um, his, his drawing the buddy comparisons aren't light ones. He could be the uh, buddy could very well be the last player to ever kick a thousand goals wow. in the AFL. So um, I hope he does. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Mm. Um, I would just like to mention as well that um, Ugo Hagen was. Uh, rather polarizing with his comments too, with uh, saying that he was surprised that he didn't get a text from Buddy after drawing comparisons for him for, uh, uh, to him. So um, I thought that was that was interesting, but it shows he doesn't lack confidence, I suppose, um, which I hope he translates onto the footy field, which uh, from all reports, he definitely will. Um, yeah, but Dendo, probably a bit more of a uh, um, sort of promising development player, but um, versatile again. Uh, plenty of development for him to make and strength to be added to his frame. Um, but at uh, be about 6'2", 6'3", um, very good height. Um, and Lachlan McNeil, um, playing for Woodville West Torrens, um, overlooked in his draft. He was a 19-year-old, um, but he had a very good season in the uh, playing league footy. Um, good inside-outside balance, played between the arcs mostly. Um, but did get a lot of midfield minutes too um, in the Premiership winning side. Um, so yeah, the Bulldogs got plenty of midfielders. Um, so if he does, if he is to play um, next season or the season after, probably expected to be in a half forward type role maybe. Um, uh, so yeah, and obviously redrafting Rock Smith. Um, I don't mind the selection. I think Rock Smith was able to plug a few holes for him last year in terms of depth. Um, you saw him play a little bit of half back, a little bit through the midfield, but could also swing forward too. So, um, is he one that's going to be consistently in the best 22? Um, he'll be hoping so. Um, but I think, um, it was a wise move for them in terms of depth, um, and not giving up a primary, primary list spot for him. Um, so I think they'll be happy with, uh, Ugo Hagen, that's for sure. I'm looking at the stats here for Ugo Hagen 194 centimeters. Tall forward. Yeah, you know what? He could be like Buddy Franklin. Why not? He's going to be the next Buddy Franklin in the AFL. Massive get. I've said of the Bulldogs for a long time, especially after their trade period, that it doesn't matter how good their midfield is if their forward line is still dysfunctional. And so the fact that they traded, uh, the fact that they certainly matched a bit, for number one and got a tall forward here that I think is going to compliment uh, Bruce and English and whoever else pinch hits in that forward line. I think it's a fantastic get for the dogs and they could very well win the premiership next year. Very well could win the premiership next year. Um, yeah. Fantastic off season for the Western Bulldogs. And that is all for the draft period. Eli, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Wish you a happy holiday period and happy new year as well. Much love to you and your family and good luck for the lions next year. Thank you. And to you too. Um, it's been a pretty weird year. So 
um, it's good that you're able to be with your family and back here in Melbourne, things are a little bit better. So be able to see an extended family as well. So yeah, all the best to you in the new year and um, best of luck to Swans and Essendon. Um, Swans a little bit more small than Essendon from my point of view, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you, you'll both be looking to have a bit more, a bit more of a better crack at the uh, sort of top eight, hopefully. Um, if not, so. be, be pretty competitive. Yeah, I hope so. Jeez, Louise, 2020 was a depressing season. But anyways, uh, thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the Through the Banner podcast. We here at the podcast hope that you have a wonderful New Year's period. And if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. And if you don't, hope you have a lovely holiday period. Nevertheless, my name is Casper McLeod. And until next time, sayonara. Sayonara.